it's all the good things about the season and that that gorgeous sort of the nutmeggy thug of spices and everything. As We Eat is excited to present you with the 2021 Alimentary Advent Calendar, a tasty countdown to 2022 full of mini episodes highlighting holiday food traditions and memories from all over the world. We don't want you to miss any treats, so be sure to tune in daily from December 1st to December 26th. Welcome to the first day of our first annual Alimentary Advent Calendar. We're going to take you on a journey of holiday deliciousness. For the next 26 days, we'll regale you with a dish or tradition that has become ubiquitous with the holiday season. Behind the first door of the Alimentary Advent Calendar is plum pudding, a dish that's uniquely British and represents connection to community. Listen along as April Harris shares stories of the flaming cake that defines the holiday season. Oh, and if you're confused by alimentary, it means related to nourishment or sustenance, which we think perfectly describes the As We Eat Advent Calendar. The recipe that I use is actually my husband's grandmother's recipe. And she got it when she was working as a cook in a stately home. From what she said, dated from about the Victorian era, because it had been being used in the home for years and years, and she would have been working there in the early part of the 1900s. So then she took the recipe with her when she left service. They always had that pudding, and she always made the same one. And my husband has memories of making it in a great big bucket, because she would make many, many puddings. She would give some away, but they'll keep for a year if they're just tucked away somewhere cool and dry. He said that they would actually have the one from the year before on New Year's Day for dinner. When I came into the family, when I met my husband, Nana, as she was called, was getting a little bit older. I was very keen to have a recipe. It was very much a part of the family. Every year she would make the pudding and my husband's mum would make the pudding. And we had the Christmas pudding competition. The two puddings would be brought to the table, supposed to be a blind taste test. And they look so similar, Christmas puddings. So they'd come flaming to the table and we were supposed to taste. And of course, I just couldn't get my head around this because Nana was quite elderly at this point. In my head, she just had to win because every year could be the last year. You know? And towards the very end, I can remember my husband's mum so desperately trying to signal with her eyes which pudding was which. But my husband's father took it terribly seriously and he'd get very upset if there was any cheating. <laughs> I mean, it's something that I think for a lot of people, it tastes like home. It's all the good things about the season and that that gorgeous sort of the nutmeggy thug of spices and everything. And that whole sense of community as well, because they were making them in large quantities. And stir up Sunday is still a thing. People often make their Christmas puddings this year. I think it's the 21st of November. And everyone in the family takes a turn stirring the pudding. In most cases, it's the youngest first. Then it goes on up. Traditionally, it's east to west. Uh, because of the wise men, it's very rich in tradition. Normally they put holly on top as a decoration. And I always urge people to use artificial holly because of course holly is really poisonous. <laughs> Traditionally, it was real holly. People would go out and pick the holly and put it on the top. Um, and that was supposed to represent the crown of thorns that, that Christ wore. They used to put little charms in the pudding. There'd be little charms and then there was a sixpence put in. And whoever got the sixpence was king for the day. It's a bit like the tradition with the bean and king cake. And they're the special person. But now every year the royal mint mints a Christmas sixpence because last year was so strange being 2020. I didn't make a pudding and we were on our own for Christmas. And in the end, I wish I had a because it felt weird, even though it would have just been the two of us 
with the pudding because I wouldn't have dared send one because of all the worries over COVID. It, I wish we'd done it and I really missed it. And I'm really looking forward to doing it again this year because it helps keep you together when things are not as they should be. I think that's where so many of these recipes really do. They comfort us if we're missing somebody. They help us to navigate the times in our life when things are very different. I think for people in particular, when your children do grow up, it's that anchor where things are changing, but that's okay. And we still do these things and you can find ways of incorporating them. It's just a lovely way of being together even when you're not. And again, across the generations. So even those empty places at the table, you're kind of honoring them with that tradition. We all have families and friends. And I love now how things are expanding and people are including their friends and they have traditions. And it's just a lovely thing to be a part of that and to be able to carry that on and to teach our kids how to make these recipes. I have a book that my husband and his sister made when they were little. And it's got all the recipes from his mom that, that they liked and they, they did them in it with a typewriter. But then they drew little pictures and made little sections. My husband got his sister gave that to me. Not only was it giving me the family recipes that he liked, but it is that handwriting and that connection. And I vividly remember one of the first times when I wanted a recipe, I was about 10 and I wanted my auntie's recipe for these Christmas squares. And I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. What should I do to get this recipe? And my mom was like, you just have to ask her. And ever since then, I've asked people for recipes. I, I've just been really passionate about it ever since I was a little kid, because it's just about that, those flavors, those things that you remember. And it's just lovely to think that we can share in that way. One of the things about plum pudding that is, is really important is flaming it. And you want to take the holly off before you flame it. And although they always talk about people bearing it aloft to the table, flaming, not only that's a little, is it a little bit dangerous, but it's much easier to light if it's sap stationary. But one of the best things to flame it with is actually vodka, as opposed to the brandy that would be in the cake, because it burns cleaner and it, it lights more quickly. And if you pour it over the back of a spoon to light it, and obviously make sure there's no children nearby, everybody's seated at the table and there's one person in charge of flaming the, the pudding. And then it does actually add a really lovely flavor to the cake. When I was looking back at photographs of Christmas, so many of them are photographs of the pudding on the table and I was serving the pudding and the pudding on, on fire and all of those things. It's very much central to that celebration. Not every family has Christmas pudding, but those who do, it's very central to the celebration. It's super important. You know, it isn't Christmas without a plum pudding. If you find yourself hungry for a larger portion of how food connects, defines, and inspires, be sure to subscribe to As We Eat wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We also publish the As We Eat journal on Substack. We would be honored if you would support us by becoming a subscriber at asweeat.substack.com. Happy holidays from Leigh and Cam. Here too. 